1,786 years ago tomorrow, on January 10th, 236 AD, the heaven opened and a different dove descended and sat on the head of a man named Fabian. You may know the legend of Fabian's election as the Bishop of Rome, the Pope. We know it because 4th century church historian Eusebius of Caesarea preserved it in his book. He lets us know that that day Fabian was among many illustrious and eminent church leaders who had traveled to Rome to choose the next successor of Peter. They spent 13 days together praying and debating and talking, and after 13 days, they were no closer to their goal. No one knew who the next pope would be until a dove flew down from on high. Eusebius lets us know that Fabian, Pope Fabian, before that was only a little-known preacher from the countryside. No one had him in mind to be the next pope, but God had other plans. This dove flew in and sat right on Fabian's head, and the people who had gathered immediately recognized, as Eusebius wrote, that this was a scene like that of the Holy Spirit once descending upon the head of our Savior in the form of a dove. Without further discussion, Eusebius continued, the whole body exclaimed with all eagerness and with one voice, as if moved by the one Spirit of God, that Fabian was worthy. And without delay, they took him and placed him upon the Episcopal throne. Whether it is the legend that produces the results or the results that beget a legend, either way, we aren't surprised to learn that Fabian became a pretty good leader of the church. He was chosen at a time when Christians faced significant persecution, but by the end of his tenure, things had improved remarkably. He was a gifted administrator and a skilled diplomat, He helped the early church, which had been so decentralized and diffuse, develop some of the structures that it still has today, structures that helped it withstand the imperial persecution that arose again later on. In every way, Fabian fulfilled the identity that God revealed in him when that dove flew in and sat upon his head. And I suppose that sometimes the church needs a dove to fly in in order for us to see what God is trying to tell us. Today we celebrate the feast of the baptism of Jesus. But when Luke tells the story of Jesus' baptism, you might have noticed that the water part doesn't seem all that important. Luke seems more interested in what came after the baptism was over. Matthew and Mark, the other two synoptic gospel writers, when they tell this story, they talk about the moment when Jesus was plunged beneath the water and lifted back up by John the Baptist. But Luke skips over that part, focusing instead on what came next. Luke wrote, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, then the heaven opened. 
And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven saying, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Luke uses those three parallel infinitive phrases The heaven opened, the spirit descended, the voice came in order to make sure that we focus not just on the water part, but instead on what God was trying to show the world that day, that Jesus was the one God was choosing, that Jesus was the beloved, that Jesus was the one in whose life God delighted, that his life was indeed the manifestation of God's will for the whole world. It wasn't in any way an ordinary baptism, was it? I like to think that John had baptized thousands of people by that point, and yet none of them is told to have had a bird sit upon their head except for Jesus. For years, people had come out to find John. They had sought the spiritual renewal and rejuvenation that he could give them. John had invited the crowds to start over, to repent and begin a new chapter in their lives. But as popular as John's message was, John wasn't able to give the people the new life that God had in store for them. Instead, it would be the one who came after John the one who would baptize even with the Holy Spirit and fire. John lets us know that that one, Jesus, is the one who could bring the fullness of God's kingdom, God's reign to the earth, and that he would be the one to help us be reborn in order that we might become part of that great reign. So on that day, When Jesus was baptized by John and the heaven opened and the spirit descended and the voice came, God was making sure that we recognized what was really going on, that John's baptism was giving way to Jesus's baptism, that that time of preparation was now fulfilled. And today, as we gather here, it is in that time, that moment of spiritual fulfillment that we still take part. In baptism, God unites us, these two children and all of us. God unites us with Christ. So that all the things the world saw and knew about Jesus that day, we get to see taking place even now. That means That just as God poured out the Holy Spirit upon Jesus, that same Spirit is poured out on those who are baptized. Just as the fire of divine love and fire burned within God's Son, so too it burns within those who are united with Christ in the waters of baptism. We're probably not going to see a dove fly in here today. But if you look with the eyes of your heart, you'll see in the unbreakable bond that is forged between these two children who are to be baptized today, you can see in that bond the same thing taking place in them that took place in Jesus all those years ago. Because of Jesus, 
We don't need a dove to fly in and land on anybody's head because we can see already that God is choosing each of these two children to be God's own, to be God's beloved. When we look into this font and we see that holy water, we see within it also the death and burial of Jesus and his magnificent resurrection from the dead. And because we are baptized into that death and resurrection, we too come here this day to die with Christ and be raised to new life, the life that enables us to belong to God. Today, when we hear those words of baptism, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Allow your spiritual ears to hear God's voice saying to these two children and to each of you, you are my child, you are my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This is where we become the children of God God has created us to be. Today, The heaven opens, the spirit descends, the voice proclaims we are God's beloved children. Because all of those things were revealed of Jesus at his baptism, we get to see them revealed in us today, in each of us who has been united with Christ. We don't need to see a dove fly in in order to see in each other what God sees when God looks at us. Because we have recognized those things in Christ, we can recognize them in the Christ who lives within each of us. Thanks be to God. Amen.